Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have spoken to Endorphin Dude. What can we say about him? He is a former insulin-dependent couch potato turned into an ultra-runner. What does it take to be an ultra runner? We get to hear other acronyms like DNF means did not finish. BQ means Boston qualifier. It's almost as if we're learning another language. Tony, the endorphin dude, is the ultra runner. Enjoy the journey that he takes us on. Thank you so much, Tony, for having us. Amazing. I think that's the only word we can say. Or maybe crazy. That's cool. I was like, all right. I, I guess I'm an ultra guy now, so let's find a like a, a 50K, a 50-miler. And, and then once I hit those distances, the natural progression was to hit the 100-miler. Because in, in ultra running, like so marathons and half marathons, when you finish one of those races, you get a medal. That's standard, a medal. Well, for the 100-miler, the standard token or standard bling that you get is a belt buckle. So that's just, that's the thing. And it just became, became this thing where I was like, I want a belt buckle. I'm going to get myself a belt buckle. Well, they say I turned to the dark side yeah. and I, I, I started training for a uh, hundred miler. And at my first hundred miler, I DNF'd at mile 88. I, it, it was so heartbreaking because I just didn't have any gas left in the tank and DNF that mile 88. I mean, can you imagine going that oh, far and you're less than a half marathon away? How do you train? You have to pile on the mileage. That's you got to train your mind and mm -hmm. your body to be able to withstand all the miles. You want to get in at least X number of miles. You, I mean, you work your way up. In the beginning, you start out by doing three times a week, doing like four miles on Monday, six on Wednesday, four on Friday, and then back-to-back -back long runs on Saturday and Sunday, like 18 on um, Saturday and 22 on Sunday. You want to get those back-to-back -back long runs on weekends in. When I first started, I followed a formal plan but now that I've done so many of them, I just kind of know what I need to do and what my body can handle. When I threw out the number mileage uh, numbers earlier, I'm not a coach. I want to let uh, your listeners know I'm not a coach. So I'm just telling what I did and what worked for me. So what I did won't necessarily work for everyone. The key to training for a, like, let's say a 100 mile race is yes. It is athletic ability. You need to be able to physically do the, the distance. So you have to train your body on the physical level. But I'll tell you, 
a huge percentage of this is all is mental. I mean, it's mental. And when I say mental, it's there are intangibles that you need to think about when you're training and running a 100 mile race. I ran a race one about five, six years ago, a hundred mile race where I'm usually at these hundreds. I'm usually in the back of the pack. I, I it, I'm in the back of the pack. And I remember there was this kid to me, anyone under 30 years old is a kid because I'm kind of a little bit older. And he was running his first hundred miler. And this was a five loop course. This kid kept passing me, passing me, passing me. I'm just taking my time doing my thing because I know what I need to do to pace. This kid was at least 15 miles ahead of me, I think it was. Well, it turns out he was running his marathon BQ pace at a hundred miler. He was doing like a sub three uh, hour marathon pace at a hundred miler. And it's like, you can't do that. I mean, unless you're like elite, like <laughs> unless you're like Jim Walmsley or I, it's like, wow. So he ended up completely blowing up at like mile 60 and he ended up dropping. My point is that it's, it's a mental thing. You have to think, you have to tell yourself, oh, I have to pace myself. Okay, I can't go out too fast here. I got to pace myself. You got to think about nutrition. It's calories out, calories in. You have to replenish the calories for every four to five miles. I have to like replace those calories. I'm constantly eating at an ultra. What do you eat? The thing about ultras, what I love about ultras, I tell people all the time, the reason why I run these hundred milers is because I'm too slow for Boston. And, and the thing is that when you run a fast marathon, you can't stop at an aid station at Mount 80 and sit down and eat pizza. You can't. Can you imagine running the Boston Marathon and stopping at an aid station and eating pizza and then just no. continuing? <laughs> I eat a lot of, I, I don't just take goos and gels. I eat like food food. So lots of I eat sandwiches, pizza, whatever they have at the ATM, quesadillas, grilled cheese sandwiches, just whatever they got. Lots of chips because I like the salt. You need the electrolytes. Yeah, you you got to think about nutrition. You got to think about hydration. You got to think about sleep deprivation too. You got to think about that because if you're running a hundred mile race, you're out there 24, 25, 26, up to 30 hours, maybe more. My fastest 100-mile finish time is 26 hours and 22 minutes. My slowest was 41 hours. So I ran, it's called the Headlands 100. So it was 20,000 feet of elevation gain over um, 100 miles. And the time limit was 43 hours. I finished it with two hours to spare. Unpack this. How do you do that? Well, I typically don't drink caffeine anyway. I typically mm. don't. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I do drink um, some teas on a regular basis and tea. some teas have caffeine. I have to wean myself off of caffeine at least three weeks before a race. And so that's the kind of things you have to do to prepare yourself for the possibility of sleep deprivation. Like the last couple of hundred miles that I've run, no issue with sleep deprivation because I completely detoxed myself of the caffeine. But with that Headlands 100 one, that one was hard because my start time 
was at 7 p.m. on a Friday night. Basically, I had to run through two nights instead of like mm. two days and one night. I remember telling my pacer, it was Saturday afternoon. I was probably at mile 43 or something like that. I just said to my dude, I, I need to pull over. I need to take a nap. I pulled over on a trail, found a log and used it as a pillow and just slept on the trail. And hikers would come by and it's like, is he dead? Is he okay? <laughs> my pacer's like, he's just sleeping. It's okay. He's running a hundred mile race because he's stupid. You take naps where you can if you absolutely need to. But for someone like me, who's a back of the pack guy, I can't afford to to lose that time. And secondly, there, there's a term in ultra running, beware of the chair, because once you sit down, you don't get up. So you don't want to, to spend too much time at an aid station. You don't want to spend too much time sitting in a chair. I often find myself, if I absolutely need to take a nap, I would like just crawl up in like the most uncomfortable spot that I could. I know that I won't get too comfortable. I only sleep for 12 minutes because I was told once that by a, a seasoned uh, ultra runner that 12 minutes equates to one mile. If you exceed 12 minutes, you're losing mileage. I always say 12 minutes only. I set my alarm clock and I'll nap for 12 minutes and just get up again. And sometimes that's all you need. You just need yeah. like that quick burst of like, oh, okay, I got the energy now. So I, I, I can go again. Mm-hmm. I probably took like three naps during that race. And how many of these have you done? Have completed 12 100 ah. mile endurance runs. So 12 to, uh, to date. So <laughs> and is there a club of, for that or is that part of the marathon maniacs? Oh, I'm I'm sure there there are, but at this for me now the clubs that I uh, join uh, that I am part of are just my local running friends. You mentioned you had a pace. How yes. does that work? At a 100 mile race, you at most 100 mile races you're allowed a. Sometimes it's called a pacer. Sometimes it's called a safety runner. Mm-hmm. You're allowed mm-hmm. to have someone pick you up at mile 60. And at mile 80, most of the races I've run, I've had pacers, but I recently started to do, to try to run without one. So I recently ran a race in Texas called Brazos Bend in Texas in December. And I wanted to do that without a, without any pacers and with limited crew because I needed to sharpen my mind. That's how you become a stronger ultra runner. It's up here. You got to mm-hmm. sharpen this, the mind. By not having a pacer, I had to think for myself. I have to like rely on my own drop bags. I, I don't have someone it's like, hey, can you get me fill this up with water for me? I have to do everything on my own. It's all about time management. It's, I've always been told that pacers are heaven sent. They're great. If you run a 100 miler or any race screwed, that means you do it without a crew or pacers. If you can uh, get through a hundred miler screwed, then you've really toughened yourself and it, it just makes you stronger. And so that's why, that's what I'm doing now. I'm trying to run all these things without a pacer. What are the tips you have for somebody who wants to enter this? Now I feel like, oh my God, this would be something interesting, but I know it's 
It's about the discipline. It's about the energy. It's about yeah. taking the time. I did Ironman, which was a long day for me, but not sleeping and running through the night. I don't know. Ironman scares me because no. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid of sharks and piranhas. I don't want to be in the water and have like a piranha eat my foot. I kind of need it for my ultra running. No piranhas. You, you have to want to do this. I talk to a lot of first-time runners who, I mean, first-time aspiring 100-mile uh, finishers, and they always ask me the same question. And one question that I get all the time that frustrates me is that a typical, a standard 100-miler has a 30-hour cutoff time. If you break down the pace for a 30-hour 100-mile race, that breaks down to 18 minutes per mile overall. I can just walk 18 minute mile. And I, I have to like explain to uh, people when they say that to me, is like, no, it doesn't really work that way. Sure, you can probably walk um, an 18 minute mile and faster. It gets exponentially harder at the 100 mile um, distance. At a 100 mile race, the first 100K is just the warm up. It's what you can produce after mile 62 in that 38 miles, the back end 38 miles. That's when the sleep deprivation kicks in. That's when that one little blister that you have in your left toe becomes like the size of a grapefruit in your mind. That's when everything aches more. Every little thing becomes exponentially more painful. You have to mentally get over those hurdles in the latter part of the race, what you can produce in the final 35 to 40 miles will determine if you buckle or not. And now we have a guest. We have the cat coming to oh, the podcast. Kitty, kitty <laughs> you, want, you want to say hello, kitty? Hello, kitty. A lot of people who know me knows that I have a little dog. I have a yeah. little Jeannie. She's a little five pound dog. Well, she's in an inappropriate relationship with this cat right here. They've been together for like about 10 years and they're, they're just, they snuggle too much. It's, it's inappropriate. It's like, it's interspecies love. I can't allow that in this house. So the, the thing though, is that it's easier to manage your mindset at a shorter distance. When you get to that hundred mile level, everything becomes up here. When you get like to mile 70, 80, you're freaking tired. Your legs hurt. And you got a giant hill you got to climb. And you also have to be mindful of the clock because yeah. it's ticking. If you're falling behind, you got to manage your, your time. So that's where the mental toughness kicks in. At one race that I ran, it wasn't even a hundred miler. It was a 50 miler, but I was cutting it so close to the, all the cutoffs. I made the mile 41 cutoff with two minutes to spare. And then I made the mile 47 cutoff with like a minute and, but I, I finished the race with like only two minutes to spare. And this 50 miler had 7,800 feet of elevation gain over 50 miles. So lots of climbing. There was a hard cutoff at mile 49 who puts a hard cutoff at mile 49? You would figure if you make it to mile 49, come on, there's only like a mile left. Let them finish. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't mile 49. It was mile 48. It was mile 48. Hard cutoff at mile 48 with, with like a minute 38 seconds to spare. 
I looked behind me. There were all these um, headlamps flashing. I knew that everyone behind me who had a headlamp was going to get cut at mile 48 of a 50-mile race. Isn't that heartbreaking? I told you earlier that I have 12 100-mile endurance Mm -hmm. run finishes. But do you know how many DNFs I have? I have more DNFs than I do finishes. I probably attempted, I'd have to look up the numbers because I haven't looked at it recently, but I believe I've attempted about 3,500 mile races and I've only finished 12. So I have about 17 or 18 DNFs, but I keep trying. I, I, because I enjoy, (laughs) I know it sounds (laughs) ridiculous, but I enjoy the distance. I enjoy the challenge. I like running these hundred milers. That's how hard these things are. It's, it's with, with like a marathon, typically it's a low DNF rate, but when you get to the 100 miler, the the one I told you about in Texas that I ran, I believe there was like a 51% drop rate. Thank you so much. And good luck. And what do you say? I think we say don't die. (laughs) I don't know. I love the game with the mindset. It's about becoming stronger. It's about being self-sufficient. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday, every Wednesday. Don't miss out. There's something for everybody. Check on us on YouTube, Instagram. Thank you for your support.